Metaphorically Romance podcast. My name is Sarah. And I'm Bree. And today with us, we have author Abby Green. Thank you so much for chatting with us. You're welcome. Thanks for asking me. Can you can you introduce yourself? <laughs> so I'm Abby Green and I live in Dublin in Ireland and I write for Harlequin Presents and I've been writing for them for about, oh God, I sold my first book in 2006. So 14, 15 wow. years. Wow. Yeah. And you, awesome. your most recent release is Bride Behind the Desert Veil, which was incredible do you do anything fun on your release days or in preparation for release day not really I mean I actually think I celebrate more when I sell a book so when I get a book accepted I kind of have a little celebration um and then on release day day it's more just the work side of it of promoting it and getting it out there more than an actual personal celebration if that makes sense yeah Mm -hmm. mm-hmm mm-hmm so, okay, you've been writing with, you You first sold your first one, you said in 2006, yeah. right? 2006. Yeah. What is the process of, so when you say selling a book, I mean, you've been with, you've been writing for Harlequin Presents yeah. all this yeah. time. What is that process of selling a book? What does that mean? So I suppose, because I mean, I kind of feel like you're only as good as your last book. So as every book that I actually get accepted and effectively sell is kind of a win you know because you just don't know I mean like the great Penny Jordan said you're only as good as your last book and I think that's that's my attitude so I'm just so delighted whenever a book gets accepted mm-hmm. um yeah I consider okay that's great that's sold you know so sure. do you have to I mean one I was like reading your your blog and you gave some like some advice for aspiring yeah. writers and one piece of advice that I found fascinating was you were like, you know, read everything that's currently coming yeah. out so you know what is selling. Yeah. Is that something yeah. that you still feel like you have to do? Yeah. Or, you know, do you pay attention to trends? Like, how do you know? Like, yeah. Bride by the Desertville was incredible. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> Did you have to do any read? <laughs> like, was there any research into like, will this work? Or do you just kind of know? I mean, I guess it's an instinct and, you you know, the more experience you have, the more you know if something's going to work or not. But I would definitely, the only thing that would stop me from reading all the current books at the moment is just being too busy, which is sad. But I do, yeah. I actually just bought um, a Mills and Boone in the shop yesterday. So the only thing holding me back from reading them is just being too busy. But I do try and kind of keep an eye on what's been done because there's always some author who's been really innovative and original and that's the the hardest thing is to because you know there's only so many tropes there's only so many um plots isn't there and it's just trying to keep coming up with an really original spin on the tried and trusted tropes that's the challenge yeah So you spent your teen years reading Mills and Boone romances and wound up spending time working as an assistant director yeah. in the film and TV industry. And I can just imagine you, you, you talk about on your website, like you were standing outside of an actor's yeah, trailer, many, I, <laughs> umbrella in the rain. Yeah. And that's when you had your moment of like, there has to be more than this. Yeah. <laughs> had writing <laughs> always been a passion of yours though? And, and what was the transition like from one career to another? Cause like, Sarah and I were chatting about it and I was like, I wonder how scary that must be to be like, you know, you're in this job. I mean, I've never been in the TV industry, but like, I'm assuming it felt stable. 
And then going into writing, that's not necessarily guaranteed. Like, yeah. what did that look yeah. like for you? Well, it's funny because, I mean, I worked freelance in film and TV. So you actually, again, you were only as good as your last job. So, and, you know, every yeah. time you finished a job, you didn't know when your next job, where it was coming from. So I suppose I was quite used to that kind of um, instability in a way, but something always turned up, okay. you know. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, I had the luxury of still working while I was trying to get published. So. I would try to write in between jobs and then I got to the stage where it was enough polished enough to kind of send into Mills and Boone. And then, you know, I didn't, I was, when I was published then I was still working in film. So I didn't actually leave. I'd been working, I'd been published for about nearly 10 years before I actually left film and started writing full time. So I was kind of in both of them for quite a while. Yeah. Okay. And then obviously, yeah, I mean, it was kind of risky taking the the leap to go into writing full time, but the film industry, your experience can't. So if I was, you know, I hope I don't have to, but if I had to go back into it, I'm, you know, I might have to beg for a job, but I'd probably get a job, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very, I'm very experienced at standing outside actors trailers. I'm very good at that. So, you know. (laughs) <laughs> I can hold yeah, an umbrella. Yeah. In the yeah. <laughs> so how are you balancing then working and writing? Um well I'm writing full time now. So um yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean it's just it's just being disciplined. I mean, on a good day I get up early and do some writing and then have breakfast and take the dog for a walk and come back and do some more writing. I definitely get more done in the early part of the day. Um, so, and then other days you might be doing a few things. So you're a bit distracted and you might not sit down and get so much work done. So it's really, it's just up to you to, to sit down and, and be disciplined about it. And, you know, otherwise, I mean, what happened with my last book was I kind of got three weeks to my deadline and suddenly you're under huge pressure because you've got 30,000 words to write in three weeks. I wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have the the idea for the book first and you send it to Mills and Boone and say this is my idea or do you write a good chunk of it first just to see if No, I come up uh, I come up with I mean? the idea and I um check with my editor if she what she thinks. Okay. Um because obviously they plan the book so far in advance and they kind of have us in a rough schedule so they want to make sure that they're not having eight books in one month featuring shakes or, you know, secret babies or whatever. So they do have to kind of know what you're working on so that they can make sure to schedule you in a, in a month where there's lots of different options. Fair. But yeah, so I'll I'll send her the idea and then she'll kind of say, like, I've just sent her a synopsis today for my, for the book that I'm working on next to see what she thinks and if it's okay. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And has like how long has the idea for this next one been stewing in your mind? <laughs> so it's probably been a couple of months. Um, yeah, I mean, it it just depends. Some ideas kind of come up really quickly, and um, I'll tell her and start working on it. And then other ideas you have in the back of your head for ages, and it could take about two or three books before you get a chance to actually work on it to release yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I guess as a reader, we tend to forget that, like, even though your newest book just came yeah. out you finished it a long time yeah ago. Yeah. yeah 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 I've moved on <laughs> yeah 
So when you sat down and you started really focusing on writing and you said that you were writing while working for a while, like you still worked and wrote for a lot, like 10 years or so. Was it a no brainer? Because you had been you had been reading Mills and Boone since you were a teenager. Did you know this is what my goal is? Like, this is who I want to send this manuscript off to. Yeah. So I knew um, I knew it was Mills and Boone. Like, I didn't know anything at that point. I didn't know Mills and Boone was owned by Harlequin. I didn't I didn't know that much about the actual industry, but I knew that Mills and Boone accepted unsolicited manuscripts. So, and I had read a million of them. So just in in the sense of kind of knowing what you're, you know, when you read so many of, of, of a book, you kind of have that language in your head. So I definitely yeah. was only thinking of them in terms of, I wasn't trying to write anything else, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I like, for us, like, as readers, I'm like, I feel like if I started to write a book, it would easily be... 500 pages because I'm not I have no idea how to like get to the point and so that every time I read a Harlequin or a Mills and Boone I'm like this would be so intimidating as a new writer coming in but if you've read I guess yeah. enough of them that makes sense like you know yeah, and I think how to just get straight yeah, to and it I think you know the rhythm of the story and you know, but it's only when you sit down, like it was only when I sent something in and, and I got a rejection letter back, but it was a letter with with um, notes, you know, and then you suddenly mm-hmm. realize, oh, there's there's a structure to this. Like I have to actually, yeah. I, I was kind of thinking, oh, I could just, you know, write like stream of consciousness, write something and it would be amazing. But no, you have to actually, like you have to get the hero and heroine together for it's it's all the stuff that you you might mm-hmm. think of doing unconsciously but when you actually have to be conscious of what you're doing and know that you have to get the hero and the heroine together straight away you know there's no time for messing about and there has to be a really strong conflict yeah. so when you have to actually look at that it's quite different when you're kind of peeling back the it's like the wizard of oz you know you're kind of looking at the the inner the inner machine of of what's making the magic yeah, because yeah, you've got a limited page yeah, count yeah, and a limited yeah. word count. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I think yeah. they're I think they're a great training in many ways because you have to be so. Mm-hmm. There's no room for extra characters. There's no room for subplots. Like it's so intense, which is quite a good training. I yeah. think. and and that's that's good for uh you know wannabe authors or what have you because there's so many different lines and if you want to you know add those extra characters in or those secondary plot lines, you can look at maybe um, a special edition novel or a, you know what I mean? There's, there's other options. So you kind of maybe go what fits. Exactly. Yeah. Like you might want to have more room to flesh out a story a bit more. And then another line would suit Mm -hmm. you better for, for doing that, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. One thing that you brought up is, like when you got the the rejection back, it had notes on yeah. it. And that was one of the pieces of advice you gave. You're like, if they send it back with notes, yeah. it's a no for now, but it's not a hard yeah. no. It's like fix it and send That's it awesome. back oh, in. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I think I was lucky enough. I kind of realized that because when I got that letter back and I knew it was, that was nearly as good as an acceptance for me because it meant that I actually had a chance which was amazing, you mm-hmm. know, but I think a lot of people can get really disheartened when they shouldn't, because that's good news. You know, very, very few people yeah. are going to send yeah. in something and have that kind of asked for straight away, because I mean, all of our stuff is very raw and, 
you know has to be worked on so it was I thought that was brilliant just to get that kind of Mm -hmm. um confirmation that you're going in the right direction correct yeah Yeah. Yeah. feedback so when teenage girl you started reading Mills and Boone romances what was it that you discovered that you loved about them and was there anything from those titles that you read back then that inspires your writing today um well I definitely liked the ones with sex in them (laughs) (laughs) very on brand for teenage girls love it love it I loved I loved the really dark intense ones where there was a lot of revenge and blackmail and and all of those things that aren't that are slightly more diluted these days shall we say okay mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. I loved the, those really intense stories so I would always pick up there was a shop around the corner from where I lived and the guy used to sell loads of secondhand mills and boons so I'd go in every week and mm-hmm. take about 10 and bring them into school and read them during the week in school and I always used to look for the ones that were really really dark and really intense you know I didn't like the kind of yeah. fluffier softer ones I, I wanted the ones that were like mm-hmm you know, this is death unless they get together. And he thinks that she's, she's yeah. done him some awful evil and he's going to punish her. So those are the ones that I loved. <laughs> so I think, and I, I I still, like that intensity is what still inspires me today. I still want to kind of try and capture that intensity of emotion. Well, you definitely did because Sharif was intense. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good, good. (laughs) I loved hearing you say that because I I immediately thought, well, uh, Sharif and Aaliyah's story was so intense. But like Mm -hmm. just enough intense. Yeah, Yeah. oh, good, good. (laughs) (laughs) So we actually have listeners that have never read category romance before. <gasps> what? How, how would you? I know, yes, right? Yes. But they are interested now because we're yes. talking about it. How would you describe the present series to a reader who had never read one before? And did you know this particular series was the one you wanted to publish for? Yeah, I would describe it as, uh, I mean, Megan Crane or Caitlin Cruz did a brilliant um very succinct summary of what these books are and I can't you know but like you know these are I suppose the high fantasy glamorous exotic um really intense really passionate stories end of the spectrum um so Mm -hmm. they're not warm and fuzzy they're not small town they're (laughs) they're kind of the lot I kind of describe them as like the winning the lotto version of the stories you know that's private 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 planes private jets beautiful locations yes um so it's that really kind of uh high fantasy end of the spectrum i think um very intense very passionate um Mm -hmm. it must be so fun to write them to kind of in a way the world is your oyster yeah yeah you can put your characters really wherever you want like they can be billionaires they can be yeah. princes princesses like it just yeah it, it would be freeing in a way as a writer you know to have that unlimited well potential. exactly it's like the you don't have any boundaries in a way um but then when you strip all of that back so you take away all of the the, the glamorous locations and the the alpha male yeah. you know the, the fact that he's a you know the richest man in the world or whatever 
at this at the heart of it you're still just talking about a, a love story about two people meeting like mm-hmm. I mean one of I had a book out last year called The Maid's Best Kept Secret um and you know that's essentially about a couple meeting and having a one night stand and she gets pregnant and they 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 yeah. reconnect yeah. after you know a year later and then they their relationship develops but I mean that's fairly normal story you know and you're just adding in all of bare yeah, bones yeah, yeah. And then I suppose presents was the line that I wanted to write for because they were the they were the Mills and Boons that I went for. They weren't the sweet ones; they were the more intense, dark, dramatic ones, mm-hmm. which is now what presents is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, for me personally, when I read Bride Behind the Desert Veil, I thought about so I was I was in the military and oh, I went cool. to Saudi Arabia and I lived in this I was in the city of Riyadh yeah. and I messaged Sarah and I was like this is the book that I wanted when oh, I was wow. there because I fell so much in love with the yeah. place and I had actually been on a reading I hadn't read anything in probably like four years when I got there and I wanted to just read everything I could by or about women but mostly what I found was nonfiction yeah. which was fine at the time but I just remember like I want some romance (laughs) set here, you know, set in this area or with these or with people like the women were gorgeous and the men were handsome. And it felt like being a little bit like stuck in a different time a little bit because I'm very like westernized American woman. And it's like something you just said, Sarah was like, well, this line feels like it feels very when you think of like romance as a fantasy, that's kind of what you get with presents. And I was like, that's exactly what this book felt like for me. Yeah. Like very much grounded in reality, but also like that hint of fantasy. And I just, I loved yeah, it. Yeah, I think you're always just <laughs> pushing the envelope of, is this actually going to be believable? And then you just do it anyway. So that's what I love. And yeah. and every author, every yeah. author in the line, you know, some authors go even further. And some authors are definitely more rooted in, in reality and make it a bit more relatable so you you literally have Mm -hmm. an author for every kind of type of intensity that you want within the line which I think is amazing oh for sure so in Bride Behind the Desert Veil it starts out very much marriage of convenience with both Sharif and Aaliyah they both have you know reasons that they'll benefit from it and it's so fun to see them both try and stand firm in the idea that their marriage is on paper only, as Sharif keeps reminding yeah. her, <laughs> uh, only when they are clearly attract when and like they're clearly attracted to one another. And we, as a reader, know attraction is there and undeniable because of how strongly you set up the beginning yeah. of the book. Like that f- desert oasis <laughs> scene is going to stick with me for, for like for a long time. What came first? Was it the idea of marriage convened for? marriage of convenience for these two or was it that desert oasis scene like which one came first I actually can't say really I mean I think it was um I mean I had him I knew he was going to be from that part of the world because of his parentage so I knew I wanted to have a kind of a shake vibe for that book and then I think it was I don't know like I probably I probably just because I I tend to kind of get a lot of inspiration from magazines and films. So maybe something just sparked an idea of of a scene at an oasis. And then, yeah, so Mm. I think starting it with them meeting and they don't know each other. It probably just came about when I, you know, because I mean, I do try and I plot much more now than I used to do. 
So when I was sitting down and trying to actually plot it out and think, okay, well, he has to get married. So I think it had been percolating in my head for quite a long time. So the fact that he came from that part of the world, it kind of was easier to see him having to enter that kind of marriage of convenience, which wouldn't really necessarily work in a more Western environment. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, I think it probably just came about organically that I was the oasis scene. Yeah, I'm not sure. Like, I can't say exactly which mm-hmm. and probably the marriage of convenience would have come first because that would have been definitely the big part of the plot. And I probably would have had to discuss that with my editor so that she knew it was going to be a marriage of convenience story. But then the Oasis thing would have come afterwards, I suppose. Yeah. And yeah. I loved what I loved about the Oasis scene. Keep going. I love it. Yeah. Keep it, keep it coming. Keep it coming. It felt like a fairy tale. It felt like I just, I mean, there's something very, I don't know, like kind of, we can't like just be in the desert, right? It's yeah. hot and it's unbearable. Like, but it what felt it was. like I know what it was. I just remembered. Sorry, the English Patient. I think I had. I okay. think oh. I had just seen that recently, and that's probably why it was in my head. The idea of that, <laughs> you know, because that great scene with um, Kristen Scott Thomas and Ray Fiennes when they're stuck in the car during a sandstorm. Okay, oh, you have okay. to watch it. It's amazing. <laughs> Mm-hmm. inspiration yeah. comes from everywhere. Yeah, anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> it does. <laughs> yeah, I just, I loved, because then, so reading that scene, it feels like this fairy tale. They're in the middle of the freaking desert. She goes there every day, yeah. and then just randomly, there's this stranger who thinks that he has to save her, not knowing that she does this literally. Yeah. She rides her horse, her stallion out into the middle of the yeah. desert and goes for a swim. And then... When they when the marriage happens, I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but the, I mean, the attraction's already there, and you can't yeah, deny it yeah. because you've already met. And I just, I loved it. I just had to know. I was like, which came first, yeah. <laughs> the marriage <laughs> idea or the desert? Two strangers in the middle of yeah. the desert. I well, I mean, I think that's one of the ultimate <laughs> fantasies, isn't it? I mean, meeting a kind of a, a total stranger and having an illicit night of passion and then going on your way and never meeting them ever again. I mean, you know, the Jack yeah. Reacher books mm-hmm. are based on that kind of premise. Like he's a, he's a stranger walking yes. through the world and he meets all these amazing women and has these flings with them and then just goes on yep. his way. So if men can have that, then yeah. we can have that too. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> and as much as Sharif wants to like stand firm and like this is fake this is fake we're just we're married for a certain amount of time when that scene happens and afterwards he keeps saying like she was real like was she real she was real and it's like you know that there's a little bit of swoon worthy soft side to him because he just couldn't believe that he just had this experience with her yeah it was so good. So setting is huge in the yeah. book. While th- throughout the book, we get scenes in New York, Paris, and London, you begin and end it in Turok. Yeah. What inspired the choice to have the story end where it all began? I think it was just to have that kind of circular thing. So you're going back to the beginning because the Oasis was so special for them. And then it obviously got kind of ruined in a way because then they end up married. And so that not ruined but you know it it kind of diminished what they had in in one way so then to bring it back to the beginning it was kind of um a circular I just felt it was quite circular to kind of uh you know to have that magic again at the Mm -hmm. end yeah Mm -hmm. so they're back in the same location 
Well, pretty much. I love that. I loved it. Because, I mean, Aaliyah has the issues with her dad. And you want her to kind of escape that life. Yeah. But then she gets to start her own life. And, you know, and I just, I thought it was like a really, really amazing to go back there. Yeah. Because it could have been like easier to just yeah. let them stay somewhere yeah, else. Yeah, no, it could have been. No, I suppose, but that's like, they both came from there and they both loved that place. So I, I, it was quite, it was a bit of a no brainer for me to kind of end it there because it was kind of, but then sometimes yeah. you're writing and that only comes to you when you're in the middle of writing it and you think, oh, that would be really cool actually to end it there. So maybe I hadn't actually, you know, I might not have planned it out to end it there, but it just kind of happened. I think I did, though. I think from what I can remember, I think I had to plan to end it there. <laughs> I know what I'm doing, I swear. <laughs> I mean, at this point in the game, you know what well, you're doing. hopefully. Because <laughs> I was like, this is perfect. I mean, this is perfect. She knows what she's oh, good, doing. good. <laughs> So, okay, one of the quotes that we highlighted, I have to read it. It's just so perfect. Mm -hmm. Knowing the reason why she'd always been shunned by her father wasn't exactly a comfort. It only compounded her sense of dislocation, isolation. Love had done this to her father, made him bitter. In a way, discovering this had only confirmed her belief that love was not to be trusted. It made you weak and vulnerable. If anything, she more than most should agree with a marriage based on the sound practicality and necessity. She just hadn't ever figured that she would have to put it into practice. She relished the prospect of an independent life, free to make choices of her own. So freedom is a very strong theme in Aaliyah yeah. and Sharif's romance. Sharif chooses to operate as a lone wolf with the freedom to make moves as he chooses, though he has very supportive brothers who have his back, though he doesn't quite trust them. We also see how he is motivated by this revenge on his father and needs to break free from it in a way. And Aaliyah agrees to the marriage so her sister has the freedom to marry the man she loves, and Aaliyah herself truly values freedom and independence. What were you hoping readers took away from reading their story? Um, I, I mean, I think primarily just a, an escapist, fantastical romance. And then I suppose yeah. ultimately the message is that, I mean, I suppose, that, and it's the same for kind of all of my books, that the characters are really driven by wanting something that they think they really need or want. But actually mm -hmm. what they need is not that. And they that's the whole conflict yeah. is them coming to terms with the fact that the thing that's driven them for so long is not actually what they really need. What they need is, you know, this partnership or just to surrender to being vulnerable or to love or whatever that is. So I think that's kind of common through all the books. Um, and maybe just that for them, the freedom, yeah. they wanted freedom, but their freedom actually came mm -hmm. from being like admitting their vulnerability and falling in love with each mm -hmm. other. Yeah, th there's like the opening scene, Sharif's on the phone with his, his brother or video chatting with his brother and his brother's wife. And you instantly get that feeling of like, he is struggling with like, I kind of like this idea yeah. of having a family maybe, but like, I'm Sharif yeah. and like, you know, I have plans. Yeah. And then <laughs> you have Aaliyah who just wants to go back to being independent and like, you know, leaving where she, like she wants her sister Samara to go ahead and get married and she can go back to like living the life that yeah. she wants. And then these two find each other. And it, like you said, like 
maybe what I wanted isn't necessarily what I want yeah. because now yeah. you're yeah. Here. <laughs> I mean, love sets them free. <laughs> literally (laughs) so good (laughs) so are you ready for some fill in the sentence yes I feel like I'm back in school (laughs) right (laughs) well Sarah's gonna ask you fill in the sentence and then she'll roll into rapid fire don't think about them too hard just go with the first thing it's all fun uh, my favorite place to go for walks with Orwell my is... My local parks, because I've got great local parks. Nice. Can I just say I love photos of uh, Orwell? Like, you have the photo of him with his little I birthday know. hat on. Oh, yes. listen. <laughs> That's so sweet. He's, he's here. He's behind me. He's asleep on the ground. <laughs> You're writing yeah. companion. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm not writing, I'm... Reading or watching movies. There. My most comfortable attire is sweats. I love it. I just agreed. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> right? Nope. Hey, why not? But I did I did I did One put a bra never... on for you guys. So just so you know. Oh thank you. <laughs> <laughs> TMI. I've been working from home for the last, I don't know, six months, so <laughs> I totally what is understand. <laughs> right? You know? What do you need those yeah. for? <laughs> um, one movie I'll never stop watching the is... The Last of the Mohicans. Every really? time. Yeah. Absolutely. Have you wow. seen it? Wow. <gasps> I not. I you have to watch it. I know. Seriously. Assignment. It is the Assignment, is yeah. Al- Daniel Day-Lewis is the absolute ultimate alpha male hero. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. amazing. So awesome. you're an alpha male, like, appreciator. You yeah. appreciate a good alpha male? Yeah, Clearly. I do. I mean, I Clearly. do. Yeah. And it's definitely the thing that I gravitate towards more in books and stories. Um, yeah, I think mm-hmm. so. I think beta males just... Don't do it for me. I think that there's <laughs> something that kind of goes with the fantasy of like, we as women, we have like all these things, right? Sometimes you mm-hmm. just want somebody to like step in and take care of everything for you. Yeah, yeah. and it just that is definitely a fantasy. And it raises the stakes, you know. The more <laughs> alpha they are, then the more that the woman, they, the more they clash. I think you know, and it, mm-hmm. it yes. brings about more yes. conflict for me, anyway. For sure. Yeah. For sure. That's a good point. Um, teenage me dreamed of being um, a social anthropologist, actually. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> and do you know why? See how different paths happen. <laughs> and that, right? was, that was actually just from watching Gorillas in the Mist. And I wanted ah. to go to Rwanda and okay. go into the mountains and work with the gorillas. And when I know what I know about myself now, I don't know what I was thinking because there is no way I would last for half an hour in a forest with animals that can't talk back. You know, I'd probably be teaching them sign language and undoing years of conservation. Just, yeah. yeah. (laughs) There's something about those movies that do that. And when I have watched like Kong Skull Island, I'm like, why didn't I do something with animals? Oh, because you would not last. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I have a dog in my house that doesn't shed. So, you know. <laughs> that's the level I'm, I'm at hilarious. of, you know, actually dealing with animals, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sweet Orwell. <laughs> One hill I will wholeheartedly die on is. Reading is a feminist act and it is not a guilty pleasure. I awesome. love it. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That is awesome. And I agree. Yeah. <laughs> One. Okay. So rapid fire. One of the loves of your life is. Pasta. <laughs> yes. Coming after my own heart. <laughs> I know. I could eat pasta every day. Yeah. Yeah, so right? what's, I mean, what kind of pasta oh. are we talking like what well, do my you like? favorite favorite dish is penne arrabbiata Ooh. so it's kind of spicy it's that? like a spicy tomato <laughs> chili sauce with penne you know the kind of the Ooh. long tube yeah 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 oh that sounds yeah. delicious i think you can just you can dress pasta up in a thousand different ways and never get yeah, tired right. of it i know it's it's a perfect right. food yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you all have um, like um some good like pot like restaurants that serve pasta in Dublin? Like you have a favorite? Yeah, there's definitely really not yeah, there's a few really nice Italian restaurants. Yeah, they're really good. And they're run by mm-hmm. Italians, you know. Yeah. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Authentic. Yeah. yeah, they're really good. Mm. Uh speaking of, you decide you want takeout for dinner. Where are you ordering from and what do you order? Well, that would be an Indian takeaway. And I order okay. from the same place okay. every time. There's a there's a Indian takeaway here called Bombay Pantry, which is really good. And they use kind of um, you know, it's not like you get your chicken tikka masala and it's neon orange. It's made with really fresh ingredients and it's it's really good, really mm. nice. Oh, that mm. sounds amazing. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to eat now. I, I just have to I, I just have to say like I have been living vicariously through your Instagram because I've never been to Ireland and I just I love it's on my bucket seeing, list. I I love seeing photos of places I've never been. And can I say like here in the States we say takeout and I love yeah, takeaway so yeah, much better. Me too. Yeah, we say takeaway. Yeah. I'm like, is our language a little lazy? <laughs> takeaway sounds so much better. Yeah. <laughs> I find though, if I read a lot more of the the more British type, like chiclet novels, occasionally, I'll start talking in, <laughs> you know, lift jumper. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's amazing yeah. when you and I yeah. just love it. It's amazing how many differences there are, really. There really is. Um, my mother is a. Uh, uh, a big fan of Coronation Street, and she's watched it since she was sixteen. Yeah. And you know, my dad used to joke that they needed subtitles to, like, he would need subtitles. But Mum totally underst- yeah. understands it. And I was reading a book one time, and they had something. They were in the pub, and they were talking about a fruit machine. And I couldn't get out of my head. I'm like, I'm thinking a vending machine with yeah. fruit. So I said to Mum, <laughs> "What's a fruit machine? It's a slot machine." I'm uh-huh. like, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that you use that in Ireland as well, or whether it's just a British. Yeah, thing or no, what, we are, or no, well, an England in England thing. they have a lot of um, they have a lot of those um, slot machines in pubs. We don't really have them in pubs here yeah. for some reason. Fair I don't enough. know why. Okay, yeah. fair enough. 
Fair enough. But yeah, I just remember that one stepping me up. (laughs) Um, One category romance line I'd like to see make a comeback is... I think the kiss line. I really like the kiss line. (gasps) Me too. It was so cute. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The last book I read was... Oh, um, Where the Crawdads Sing. Ooh, did you like I did, yeah. yeah I did, yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, I did, yeah. It took me a long time to read it, though. I don't know why. I just I spent about three months reading it. Don't ask me why. Mm. Um, but I did really enjoy it, yeah. Awesome. Um, are you a morning person or a night? Definitely owl? morning. I shut down after about yeah. nine p.m. I just can't. I wouldn't yep. be able to work late into the <laughs> night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing you have within arm's reach while writing is, um, jellies. I wish I could just say fruit or something, you know, but water. water. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Waters and jellies. Yeah, we'll we'll yeah. accept jellies. This is a judgment free zone. I may have right. little starbursts right here and it's 839 yep. in the morning. <laughs> So I have to ask, so are, you know, is, we know kind of what's popular here on our mm-hmm. side of the pond, category romance wise on your side, like what are some of the, are, is Presents really popular over there? Like, is there a difference you think? Yeah. In- well, I think so Presents over here is, it goes out in the UK and Ireland um, as Mills and Moon Modern. And as mm-hmm. as okay. far as I know, they're definitely one of the one of the most successful lines. So I think, yeah, I think it's it's across the board that modern romance is really popular. Um, and then I think you know I think medical romance is really popular, and also the yes. the the sweeter line, and historical romance is huge. Um, so I think it's fairly mm-hmm. universal, really, and the intrigue intrigue is very popular as well. Um, okay. Yeah, I think is the sweeter line that is it heartwarming? Is that the one you're talking about? I think it's, it's just it called romance. romance. Yeah, okay. romance. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, I love romance. Yeah. <laughs> that's your favorite. <laughs> yeah. So I think I it's I think it. it's kind of the same at both ends. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And I mean, the presents line has been around for so yeah. long. Like those are the ones that I can remember being a teenager. Yeah. You know, my aunt yeah. having. Yeah. Right. And I think they're, in my opinion, they're the ones that people first think of when they think category. They don't know what category yeah. romance is, but they know that iconic white cover with the circle yeah. picture. Do you know what? Like at least for here in North America, yeah, yeah. And I think I and think they've definitely evolved modern. over the years. So the stories now mm-hmm. are a lot mm-hmm. more modern and contemporary. And I think people would be surprised to find that they have changed. Like the, their essence hasn't changed. They still have that really intense romance and dramatic and high stakes. But these the scenarios have changed and the settings um might have changed a bit. So they're quite yes. yeah. I think they're definitely worth a look if you haven't tried one before. Just to yeah, absolutely, absolutely yeah. Mm-hmm. Is there a line that you or a series that you have been if you've ever thought of like, maybe I would toy around the idea of writing under a different series Um, or like pitching an idea, what other line would you be interested in writing for? 
I don't think so because I, I love reading I mean I love reading mm -hmm. historical romance I quite like some of the intrigues um but I haven't I I kind of see them as like they all have different um you need skills I like I love reading historical romance but I don't think I'd like to try writing one you know yeah leave that to the experts <laughs> And then I can read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm quite happy. I think I'm quite happy just writing for presents. And if I was going to do something else, fair. it would probably be outside category altogether. That's fair. Have you ever thought of that? Yeah, I've I've kind of had an idea in my head for years now of a of a more mainstream like single title romance, but it's just mm -hmm. getting it out of my head is the issue. <laughs> <laughs> Well, can the main character like love to read category romance? Yes, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I love it. So, lastly, is there anything you can share about what's coming up next from you? Yeah, well, I've got a book coming out in July called "The Flaw in His Red Hot Revenge," and that's actually part of a duet mm. with Heidi Rice. So, her book is coming out okay. in, um, I think it might be May. And then, so our two, we have two characters who are best friends and her okay. book sets the scene and starts the story up. And then my book is the, um, you know, it's her friend. So they're actually, the stories are happening, simul ha happening simultaneously, um, which is quite fun. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah. Oh, nice. it's, it's interesting because when I like finished reading your book, Heidi Rice was suggested to me as oh really I should read that. <laughs> that's those algorithms yeah right yeah right <laughs> so did you all come up for the idea for the series together or was it something that the publishers yeah, kind of pitched no, the, to you the, all as I think an idea the editors had said that they were interested in seeing duets so and then okay. that just gave us the idea to kind of do one together so yeah Oh, yeah, no, it was good fun. Cannot wait. Fantastic. And then I'm just, I'm just working on this. So the story I'm going to be working on next then is actually, it's going to be set over for 24 hours. So it's all taking place wow. over 24 hours. Yeah. Which is going to be quite challenging to do, but yeah. yeah. But we know you can oh, do it. I know it's going to be you. intense, <laughs> No problem. intense, sexy, fun, yeah. 24 hours. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> That should go on the, on the, that's the elevator pitch. Yeah. <laughs> well, you heard it here first. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, I'm so excited. We cannot wait mm -hmm. for whatever you put out next. Thank you Absolutely. so much for chatting with Aww, us today. Where yes. online can everybody keep up with you? So if you just look Abby Green author, I'm on Twitter as um, Abby Green 3. And then I'm on Instagram as Abby Green Author and Twitter, Instagram. And I have a newsletter on my website. So if you want to keep, you know, if you sign up to the newsletter, I don't send it out that often. I, I send it out when there's new books out and I'm doing giveaways and stuff like that. So okay. that's it. I was on Facebook, but I came off because I can't stand Facebook. So. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <fair>. Understood. <laughs> well, all of your information will be listed in the description oh. so that listeners mm -hmm. can find you and keep up with you. It has been such an honor to it's chat. It's been great with to you chat. Today. And it's so nice so to much. talk to people who appreciate romance and who know romance. You know, it's just such a breath of fresh air. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> we are so excited to be here and 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. We love, we love category yeah. and we, oh yeah, we, we don't, we have a lot of questions. <laughs> so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, even though it's something that you love, you don't necessarily know everything yeah, about it. Course, so yeah. it's just been so much fun to kind of piece those little yeah. pieces yeah. of the puzzle together. That no, it's we have. brilliant. Agreed. We love it. Agreed. Keep it coming. Mm-hmm.